Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. Uh, top of the morning to you. You're supposed to follow up with, and the rest of the afternoon to yourself. Happy St. Patrick's Day. To all that celebrates Global Boys New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives, thinkers, and doers. I always ask how everyone's doing, but I really mean it now. Uh, for those of you who set their watch by a certain pandemic, this is now the third St. Patrick's Day since we uh, decided to keep ourselves indoors. And for a lot of people, the first time they're outside uh, this holiday season. I don't know if you call it a season. I don't know if you consider the springtime a season. It kind of is. You got St. Patrick's Day into Easter and all of that jazz. But let me know if you're celebrating by hitting up us on that social media at New Amsterdam on Instagram or at New underscore Amsterdam on that Twitter. And of course, my, my personal accounts is at Flobo Boys on Twitter and at Flobito and at Flobo Boys on Instagram. Today, we have a special guest. Uh, Shiley is back. You know, we had that episode a couple weeks ago. Uh, people really liked uh, our banter, our interaction. So it was a lot of fun to have Shiley back in the booth uh, to talk about everything, professional wrestling, uh, entertainment, uh, starting your own business, and more. My social media Sherpa, if you can believe it. <laughs> Let me know what you think. Uh, you can always uh, hit us up on that social media, or you can email me directly at New Amsterdam, uh, excuse me, at info at newamsterdam.com. I have to give you guys the beginning and the end of the email. Info at newamsterdam.com. Suggestions, uh, comments, concerns, all that stuff is greatly appreciated. And I have to thank you guys again. Graduation day uh, is still going strong over uh, amazon.com. Graduation day is basically my first. And currently my only memoir about real life lessons I've learned in this crazy thing we called life. So check it out on that Amazon when you can. But I am done rambling. I'm done setting the show up. Here's now my chat on this St. Patrick's Day with Shiley. Uh, <laughs> welcome back to the Amsterdam Radio with the VIP Shiley. Well, we forget the whole intro stuff. We were talking about this before going live about the plight of being not plight, but the, being a first generation American. How like it's for, for, it's a thing. It's a thing, and and I don't know about you, but to me, it's always a struggle. I felt like growing up, I doubled down the American side because my parents came here for a reason. But then one day, America was like, "We're done with you." And then like, where do I go? <laughs> Help me out, Shiley. <laughs> No, it's it's true. You're a hundred percent. Like it's a different experience that people don't see. You know, this is funny. I never I never get to talk about this. This is such a real thing. Like, did you have that thing where you had to like advocate for yourself in school because your parents weren't connected to like how the schools ran? Because like that happened to me. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. My, <laughs> so my parents are West Indian, and and so like many places that were products of British Empire, they're very imperialistic. So I would go to these conferences and my teachers would say you know uh you know he's a good kid but he talks a lot my parents are like well you can always whip him <laughs> like, we don't do that here <laughs> just hit them with a ruler you'll be fine I'm like ma don't people <laughs> so yes i get it i totally get it <laughs> well that is a tell i mean my mom went to like my mom grew up in morocco she got hit with a ruler like that was super normal there like right. but here not a thing no not i i remember for me like what were you gonna say yeah so it shouldn't be a thing. Yeah. No, it's so sad. Uh, I think it's still legal. Actually, I studied education, right, in college, and we had to take like, a law and education class. I think it's still legal in certain, like, places. So no. just the world we live in. Yeah. Um, also, like, if people – just fun facts. Fun facts about education. They can still teach religion in public schools. Um, yeah. They just, like, are very crafty about it. In Indiana, like, students would leave my classroom for, like, an hour or two a week to go to like a Christian class. They now technically have it off campus. So it's like an opt-in thing, but it's still like during school hours, which is whatever. It's interesting. Anyway, we live in a country uh, that people don't realize things are still happening, but anyway, oh, well, first gen problems. Uh, we had <laughs> in New York, we had the old Testament as literature. That's what it's called. The old Testament as literature. Oh, that's so interesting. Mm -hmm. See, right. There you go. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> So. Sorry, I'm getting off, off topic. You're you're talking about. I don't the, uh, know. I love it. I'm in for all of it. <laughs> advocating for for the differences between first generation and the modern generation, all that stuff. 
Yes, yes, yes. Um, definitely, I will say, like, in school, having to advocate for myself or, like, explaining why tests had to get signed. But the other perk came here. There's two perks. Okay, so I remember in high school, there was this thing, I think it was called Edline, and it was basically a place where you could get your grades, like, published so your parents could, like, track your grades as they were happening. Right. My friends, if they had, like, a bad grade or they missed an assignment or they didn't get, like, 100%, would get punished, like, and go to, like, get grounded for not doing their work, right? Oh, yeah. My parents didn't even know this existed. Like, they had no clue. <laughs> nice. But but the best part, and I think I am grateful for this because you'll see this all the time. Like, I think they say, like, a good percentage of, like, startup founders are first generation or, like, immigrants. Oh. Like, I, my motivation is through the roof because it's, like, I had to figure this all this stuff out myself. And I had to, like, mm -hmm. learn how to navigate. But also, I was self-motivated. Like, I wasn't motivated by, like, my parents punishing me to go get schoolwork done. You know, I'd say, hey, sign this thing. They're like, okay. Like, they, did they look at it? No. Were they supportive? Did they do yeah. everything the school asked them to do? Yes. Did I get the tutor that I needed? Yes. So I think it gave me a fire. Did I feel like maybe it gave you a fire. I'm going to make an assumption because I think you're super cool that it gave you a fire. Oh, but I, I love assumptions. What do you think? Uh, so I, I think that's the main, the main thing <laughs> because like, no, assumptions are great. No, because I, I, my parents were hard like that. They understood numbers. And so you come home with a 95. Oh, interesting. And they would say, it's not 100. How dare you? You're 5% you're slacking on, <laughs> you know? But when I was a kid. Oh, so they're the opposite. Okay, this is great. This is why we don't make assumptions. Okay, yeah. No, yeah. Well, on top of it, because, <laughs> because I was also a heavy set kid, it, it, people always assume when you're fat, you're lazy. So like that and my parents mm -hmm. saying you're not enough or good enough at the time academically was always like my motivators for things. Oh, oh, so interesting. So it was like the opposite. Oh, interesting. Oh, mm -hmm. interesting. Do you, are you? So you're happy with that? You're happy with the, were you happy at the time or no? This sounds like a lot. Uh, so it was weird because, you know, I... My parents were never the kind of parents to take me out of school for mental health or say, oh, I want to go get some candy and stuff. And so oh, I always felt like no. I got the short shift of it. But like now it's kind of like I, I see what they were going Ooh. for because they were very like new world, new opportunities. It's all good. Oh, that's interesting. How oh, interesting. I see my assumptions have been completely destroyed. This is good to know. I like. This is interesting. <laughs> I, that makes okay. me wonder. I'm not interesting at all. I'm just a square. But, <laughs> but no, no, you're it. cool. Would you, if you had to, if you were in a position to recreate some youth's upbringing, would you do the same or what would you do diff differently? So this is why I always wonder about, because like I, not that everyone's ever asked of me on the show, but I don't want to have kids, right? Uh, but it's something I do think about because my ex-girlfriend wanted kids and and it was like, what would you do? And it's like, well. Ooh, it's a good topic. Ooh. It, uh, it yeah. Was a, yeah. I mean, it eventually broke us up. But but the idea was like, I, I wanted to be, I understood the, 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 the drilling of consistent work of high quality like my parents did. And I understand that to have a kid who does that, you've got to be a bit firm. But at the same time, I'm seeing like kids now who are just like damaged. So I, I had this realization in my 20s where I go, no matter how you raise your kid, you're going to give them psychological problems and damage. The idea, <laughs> the, the idea is to make it look nice, like a nice steak, you know, the nice grill lines on the side. So I don't know, maybe uh -huh. a little bit more fun, but definitely the kind of similar. Interesting. See, I think that's where it like puts it all back into perspective. Is it like? I don't know. It's like, was it the ends justify the means? Is that the expression? Like, I think it's so. worth. Apparently, it's it's worth it. I guess. Like, it's kind of. It's like, it's like they might hate it, or you might have hated it, but like, so it's interesting. Yeah. 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 I guess they're it's okay. It's cool to see. Like, they're fun. I'm I, I'm happy with my upbringing. Like, I don't have any regrets. I know, like, for plenty of people, this is keeping the therapy industry alive and well. Get a therapy. Therapy is a good thing. Yes, but like, plenty of people have problems with their parents and their upbringings if they're. It's a it's a good it's a good topic, but also like the 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 pressure of children. I think that's a topic that has been beaten to death over the last <laughs> does like decade or so. But that's a hard one. But like for people to know that is huge, and it's an interesting one. Anyway, there's a lot of topics on that yeah. too. But I, I'm at the age I now with my yeah. parents where they're kind of like, oh, mom, mom's being mom again. Like there's nothing they can do to hurt my feelings or get me mad. I know some people out there who live really a blood feud with their parents, and unfortunately for them, but I'm not like that. It's kind of like, man, it was rough, but. Here's your Christmas present or whatever. <laughs> you know? Aw, that's cute. Yeah. That's cute. Well, I appreciate it, it, that. Yeah, I appreciate it too. But it's the middle of the, middle of the winter time, but it's also the high season yeah. for, for professional wrestling. WrestleMania is in April. And Ooh. you were telling me that you were connected to the sport, the, the, connected to the wrestling arts and sciences. <laughs> I've been dying to figure this out. How are you connected to wrestling? Oh. 
<laughs> okay, so this is really weird. So I, I had no idea WrestleMania was happening. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna spoil it and say like I'm disconnected at the moment, but I have an appreciation for it. So this is great. So I grew up in Chicago, like North Suburbanite. Like make assumptions on whatever that means. Like wrestling was not. I don't think it was something that was like very obvious. That's something I would ever get into. I get to school in Bloomington, Indiana, Indiana University. Go Hoosiers! And Ooh. by a fluke, my friend becomes a dancer at a club and the bouncer had a crush on her mm. and the bouncer had a girlfriend Mitt's girlfriend terrible abusive girlfriend this is i'm gonna spill all the tea on the situation because it was a whole mm-hmm. shenanigans he likes my friend the dancer from the club that he works at he's like hey i'm an independent pro wrestler come to my show and my friend who's like a hoosier she's like from like the border of indiana and kentucky like like totally different than how I grew up. Like it was a culture shock to learn about what's going on, like South of Chicago. Um, <laughs> and she's like, Shiley, come with me. And I'm like, okay, like this is a weird experience. I'll never get to do again. I'll say yes to any weird experience. So we go see this wrestling show and we see like one of the last nights that this original couple was lasting. This woman turned out to be like a psychopath, whatever. Um, and from there, we, me, her, and then my other best friend who was completely independent from the situation also gets involved in the wrestling ring somehow okay. because she starts dating a guy who's in this circuit. And so the three of us are essentially turned into like groupies for this like independent pro wrestling thing. And we end up going to show after show after show for like a year or a year and a half. And then she, all the spoiler alert, ends up marrying the guy, has two kids living happily ever after. And I'm like, you know what? Weird beginnings, beautiful endings. Yeah. And my life has been touched by wrestling. And I met, I, does Austin Aries somebody famous? He was at yeah. our show. Yeah, Austin Aries. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of a jerk, but yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> he's kind of, I don't know. We hung out for like a whole day because he was a part of, he went to visit the show. So apparently I saw him on TV. I was overseas traveling and I'm like, is that Austin Aries? I've seen him yeah. in person. I hung out with, <laughs> I had dinner with him. Like, what is this? As a clueless, ignorant person, I was like, this is the weirdest subculture I've never seen before. And then they wanted to kill me. Can I tell you why they wanted to kill me? Okay. This is, I told them like, I, somebody, I like love drag queens. I love drag performance. And I'm like, this is just like drag. And they're like, macho sport. They're like, no, it's not. This is so different. Oh, is, right. Yeah, I just saw your reaction. Not, it is not. It is, <laughs> it's so similar because you have a persona, you have a costume, you have an energy, you know, maybe you're not lip syncing to songs, but like there's some personality and playfulness and humor to it. And there's a performance. And I'm like, so anyway, I had this, it was life-changing. I, like, I never thought I would be into it, but like being able to support these guys, like it was the most unusual thing. And, you know, I don't know if they're, how they're still going, but like I met so many, there was even some Jewish pro wrestlers in this like independent scene. Oh, so yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. this is so cool. There was two. I was like, that's two more than I thought ever existed. Oh, so yeah. anyway, this is a little well, taste of my wrestling experience. So I, I got a lot to, <laughs> a lot to unpack here. Uh, but first of all, unpack, we're it's by... a whole thing. When I say Austin Aries is the jerk, I mean his character. Two, there's lots of Jewish wrestlers like Goldberg, Randy Savage's Macho Man's mom was Jewish. I think the mother was your mom's Jewish. You're Jewish, right? Why not? So, uh, right, Coach right, Anna. sure. There's, I know um, there's a bunch professionally too. Yeah, but, in the middle of but, Indiana though, like I was like, what? Wait, hold, but what does it mean to be a wrestling <laughs> groupie though? What does that? What does that mean? You just like pop the back. It's of exactly what you think it trip. means. We each like stacked up with a wrestler, and I didn't do anything crazy, but we all had our like. Look, how many details do you want? One of the, okay, the one the one that got married had a kid. The other this, this is, okay. and I love these people. If they're listening, I love you both so much. The other one had the best thing of her life happen to her through a horrible human being, but it's fine. Um, ended up having a baby with the other wrestler affiliated guy, and she is yeah. the cutest thing. She is she's on my cell phone as a graphic image, but she's now like 10 years old or whatever. So like, yeah. it is the best gift from a terrible human being, but like came out of that wrestling circuit. So, <laughs> so we, and then I had a little bit of fun. So it is what it is. Wrestling groupie. No, so. I, I guess, I guess I totally asked that question completely wrong. <laughs> I, I was going to say like a, a rock star is you go like to the backstage area. There's like a, there's like a whole thing waiting online. Is it the same thing or is it something that's different? We were at an armory. Like, I don't even know what an armory is, but it was like a gym right. that they would like bring in all this expensive supplies and lights to make it look fancy, which was cool. I was like, it took a lot, like it took them hours to set up and hours to tear down. But I would hang out after hours to watch them tear it all down so that I could hang out with them after and go to whatever restaurant that we're going to go to. So. Oh. That's kind of cool. That's the 
was not a big backstage. It was not like the. It was independent pro wrestling. So. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a. It's, I didn't even know <laughs> what. Because here in Los Angeles, there's like a lot of promotions like PWG and all those things, and and they're big now. But like there are sometimes that you you're you're having these shows in like high school gyms, parking lots. I'm like it, it's not glamorous. So I was kind of asking about that because it's kind of no, like, oh, it, around asphalt. <laughs> And it's funny because, like, I'll say this, like, it, like yes, it's not glamorous. It was totally the opposite of who I am. Like, the one of the best things about living in Indiana from Chicago is that, like, I became, like, a fashion icon. Unless you were from New York, which was only a handful of New Yorkers, because they always were, like, you knew a New Yorker because they were dressed to the nines. Like, Indiana does not get good clothes. So I would always look like a celebrity when I'd walk into places. So, like, that's oh. the kind of fabulous I was. And me showing up to pro wrestling was, like, a whole other world. So, anyway, I love that about going to college there. Is that, like, the that's Chicagoans the end up being, like, the top of the beauty yeah because here there was a joke i heard this is a comedian's joke i did not write this joke but i like love it It was like they're like oh you know new york like you know there's people who are tens or nines eights la the same thing like people are pretty not pretty like i think this is true you're you're both cities right like you know you have different numbers they're like chicago is different chicago is more like pass fail and i was like oh that's exactly what it is like either you look good or you're like whatever and it's like it doesn't matter where you are in between so i was like great i like yeah, <laughs> I, I only been in Chicago for four days, and it, it, it just part of it that was very, very like, oh wow, the parts are going like, yeah, we're in the Midwest, uh, <laughs> sure are. No, wait, you're not like, no, you're not like. I didn't know I wasn't in the Midwest till I went to Indiana. That is a whole other can of worms. Oh, that bad. Well, like huh? Chicago, we have stores, we dress a little bit, but like, not we don't care as much as New York and LA. Oh, okay. So that's how I feel. As some, I don't know. You compete with me. You're from both. So <laughs> again, I enjoyed the time I was there, but it definitely felt like you were saying very pass fail. We were looking around like mm, that guy's from Joliet. Like, <laughs> so I'm glad you're able to see. Us. So that's what it is. So, yeah. so it was fun so to stand we- out. Before you we went live today, we were talking about the the new year and all that stuff. I mean, last time you were on the show was uh, was pretty much late in last year. What's going on? You, goals, dreams, anything in between? I I think I was telling you like the last few days, I'm like a little bit like I'm a lost puppy. I'm like, but everything is fine in my life. Like I'm like I've got like I'm good. My but my bills are paid. They're gonna be paid for quite like a minute. Like I'm okay. Like business is cool. I've got fun opportunities to explore. Um, I don't know, like one of the things I do, like I coach a community, like it was a group of 200 people that I coached on how to do LinkedIn through one of my clients. And she just launched a new program where I get to go even deeper with like less people, which is really cool because I love going deep with people. So I get to coach some like 30 some consultants on some of that stuff too, which is really exciting because this has been a program that she's been wanting to do for a long time. And I've been working for for, like, I don't know, two and a half years for my clients and it's like fun. So that's exciting, but you know. Maybe this, yeah. maybe some TEDx ideas. <laughs> yeah. So I have some stuff. There's some ideas, but um, yeah. We were talking about the TEDx thing also. Like I didn't realize how, I guess, I don't want to say it, how sporty it is as far as like you apply the circuits. There's people who have like 20 X's on their name. People are trying to get in the game. Like how does that even, is that even like, how does that work? How does that thing is? So I've done a lot of research on the subject because I was like, oh, TEDx. And like, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, you can use a TEDx and you can leverage it for your career, which is not a bad thing. But most people make, sh- can I say shitty, like shitty talks. Yeah. Um, but it definitely gives you some status. But I think the level of value that it gives is like diminished over the last like five years. This is from like a TEDx nut. Right. It's not what it used to be, but it is a way that you can leverage for your career. And like, there's a lot of events. Usually they, I have a guy that I follow. If you want to stock Taylor Conroy, very interesting character Remember, on his list for like five years, he like does the whole process for you. Like he has a team that like pushes all the buttons. So you get a talk and he shows you how to promote it after the fact. And he's like, it takes a good year, but there's events everywhere. And the idea is that people usually will fly anywhere they get accepted because they want to get on that stage and say what their thing is. And the idea right. too, is that you get a very nicely produced video at the end that potentially the Ted organization has a TEDx thing where they like sometimes push them out which is a huge opportunity for people to get some attention so it's it's a scene it's definitely a scene. it is someone who's working for knockoffs of this it's like knockoff of TEDx it's like <laughs> it's a whole can of worms it's but it's but it's a dream of mine like I, I will say my life did change because I went to a TEDx event um in 2013 right before I graduated college and I was lost and confused and my like idol spoke well she wasn't my idol yet but she was like this woman is my dream and then like I've been following her ever since and she's changed my life and every every year she changes my life in a new way so yeah for me there is a lot of love for this thing so 
No, respect. <laughs> I respect that because I know a lot of people who've gracefully crossed my show has done that event. But it, it, it is kind of interesting as to who goes to TEDx's because there's so many of them. Ooh. I can tell, tell which ones are good, which ones are kind of like, uh, this is a tier three, this is a tier four, this is a tier one. <laughs> Um, I can tell you what's good. I like, I literally started keeping a list of all of the events I went to and which ones were good at what aspects. Um, TEDx Bloomington in 2013 had the bomb everything. The speakers <laughs> were like, every single one changed my life. Like, I felt like I had to be like an activist for every subject that they said because they like captured me. I've not had that feeling since. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. like ruined me for the other ones. It's like Woodstock. But, yeah. um, but I will say, this is how people usually get in. So there's the university ones where it's usually whoever the university like is in their orbit will be invited because yeah. you like right. unless you go to the website like tedx will give you a list that's usually how those people show up the tedx tedx chicago i went to like four years ago and it felt like it was all people that were associated with like a scene that i wasn't in so for mm. me to be in that room felt really uncomfortable because i was like i don't know it was a beautiful event tedx chicago you had a lot of money a lot of resources and you had i got to tweet at elon musk's brother for a minute so like they they got they pulled some strings there were yeah. some good people in there but like I don't know if I felt so cozy in that room, but if you went to TEDx Bloomington, everybody became friends with each other in that room, which was fantastic. Um, university and like Bloomington, the town people came. It was a good mix. The other one is the TEDx like for the libraries, which I this is this is shattering or shattering. You're not allowed to get compensated to run a TEDx event, but if Ooh. you're a library, you're not. Yeah, you have to. It's like all you fundraise and you pay. I mean, people probably get paid to like do the you know services get hired, but like you were not. It's not a money maker directly for you you can use it as a leverage point but libraries so tedx vernon area public library which is my library um they had a tedx event and it was small it was a tiny little room in a library for like maybe 100 people tiny room but because they're at a library you have to know that the people at the library are getting paid to do their job so the events were really really good uh, oh. because people were being compensated um, not for the tedx event but for the job that told them that this is now your job as part of your job right. so libraries and ideally too the ones if you're going to be a speaker they're usually they like they like local people but that's not always the case because people all over the place now know that this is like a strategy to like grow your business so right yeah but that's how the lay of the land is if you didn't so, know <laughs> so cool now that is piques my interest you are you part of any other like besides tedx but like fandoms or communities or like any kind of cross sections outside of your business are you like a harry potter head you like do motorcycles on weekends Oh, did I? Oh, I didn't tell you about this yet. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I told you. I told you about the survivor thing. Did I tell you about this last time? No. no. Oh, this is, this is, this is going to be good. So I, as a teenager who did not have friends, I learned to make friends on the internet. I think I told you the story. I made friends on the internet. I managed this online community for people who like to play online versions of the reality competition shows, Big Brother and you Survivor. You did tell me this. Did, did we talk about this? this? Yes, we did. Yeah. Oh, my geek. <laughs> Uh, people yeah. have been asking me to apply to their shows and I'm like, and I have a little bit of notoriety, but like, it's a lot of work, but it's, we, we go and we play in person. We play on, well, I haven't played online in a long time, but it's fun. Um, and then yeah. another, I mean, a friend of, a friend of mine from a live survivor, I played, um, Jack, he got on the circle last year, which was like shocking and exciting, but also was like, I knew you could be on TV. Yeah. So it's cool. Like people that I've played with are like doing the things. I'm like, do, do you watch reality anyway, shows too? Or is it kind of like, not only like play the games I love, like I watch the shows that I like. Oh, Big Brother, Celebrity Big Brother is coming out in like tomorrow? Today. Oh, I think it starts today. Uh, that's <laughs> happening. There's some crazy, Chris Kattan is on there, which is really fun. Chris I think Kattan. Lamar Mr. Odom Peoples? is on there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like, there's some good people. Carson uh, from the Fab Five. Like, anyway, like, it's, I'm excited. It's going to be good. Um, yeah. There's some good folks on there. So I, I love Big Brother. I love Survivor. Survivor's coming out in like a month. Okay. Um, after a year of a hiatus, they had one season last fall, and then, but they had a year pause because of COVID, which was like heartbreaking. But it's back for another season. So anyway, mm. that's exciting. So I don't watch reality, real like reality shows where it's like, I don't watch like The Housewives or any of those things. Only competition shows. I'm watching um, The Amazing Race of My Mom right now, which has been really good. Oh so. yeah, uh, Lulu Lala's on the season. Wait, do you know them? Uh, I I work with them, so they are DJs, and I Wait, and my you friend know works. Them? I know so of them. Two, 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 two so that degrees. counts. Yeah. So my friend that lived in Chicago at the time worked for iHeartRadio, and and so does huh. them. They worked them, so it's kind of a connection. Oh, they're yeah. radio people, right? Huh. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're cute. They're adorable. They're big, they, no, big in New York and Miami. They go back and forth a lot. 
I didn't know they were that. I didn't know how famous they were. That's cool. It's like, it's cool now. I think this is one of the most amazing things about like the internet era is that like you can be super duper famous to like a small amount of people. And like, that's exciting. Yeah. You know, I, I come across these Netflix the movies with yeah. like, uh, like foreign cats like from Africa or like, or like, or Asia. And, and you're like, who's this person? You click them online. It's like 3 billion followers. You're like, oh crap, this person's famous. <laughs> It's cool, so. but you could also like go places and not be like seen. Like you can be a mega celebrity in France and then come on a vacation to the United States and like live your best life, you know, like do whatever you want. <laughs> right. I mean, can I sidebar this? There's this guy, uh, God, no, Emilet. It's not Emilet. Was that his name? God Emilet. Anyway, he's like a French comedian, right? He's like he's like the guy in France, like the comedian of all comedians. Okay. And he's like, I'm gonna try to get famous in America. And so my mom hears about it. And he's also like Moroccan too. So like I was like, oh my gosh, we gotta go see him. Yeah. And he came to do a show in America and he like on stage made the joke. They're like, if this like you think you want this show in French, you go to France and you pay me the full price because I'm charging you nothing to do this show in, in English here in America. Yeah. And I was like hysterical, but it was also like like you know, everybody in that room was like a Frenchie that was listening to an English English comedian, like a French comedian doing it in English, but they all wanted French. But it's like, no, 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 you got to go to France for my special <laughs> yeah. show. But yeah. it was like the best night. And it was on my birthday too, and it was a bonding night with my mom and him because like there was cultural jokes that like I'll never be able to hear. Like when can I hear about like Moroccan culture on a comedy stage? Like that is very like, Persian comedians. We know there's a bunch. Yeah. You know all yeah. my people, all my favorites in LA. Right. And but like Moroccan, I don't hear that. And Moroccan Jewish, I don't hear that on stage. So it was a treat. And I, I don't think he's doing doing this anymore i guess in the yeah. states but it was fun that he tried he was very funny in english as well so it's french montana right it's the only moroccan that i know of <laughs> that's mm-hmm. pretty cool if if you were a celebrity uh what kind Ooh. of celebrity would you want to be like like a known for movies known for writing break dancing let me tell you when youtube came out and i was like 14 or whatever and i was like I'm going to be a YouTube celebrity by the end of the year. Right. And this is before the landscape that we have now of influencers. Like mm-hmm. there was like five influencers like on YouTube and it was like, that was it. Right. So like, I wanted to be that. Like, I was like, I want to be famous. Like, I'm going to do it by the end of the year. And I didn't know all that stuff. And of course kids, like when I was a kid, I was like, I want to be famous. And it's like, well, what can I do to be famous? Well, you can only be an actor. You can only be a singer. You can only be like, whatever. And so I was like, oh, I should do all that stuff. And I was a terrible singer. I can only <laughs> act as myself at this point. I've learned. And so like that was a no-go. I almost got into like, there was a bar, if you heard of this Barbizon scam, I think they probably rebrand, yeah. right? I almost got yeah. into that. God bless that didn't happen. Because uh, yeah. that was a scam. They're still around. <laughs> they're, are they still called that or they just keep rebranding? No, Barbizon. It's a scam, right? It is a scam, right? Uh, is this official? What do people in LA think? Technically, it's not a scam, but it, I mean, it technically, kinda, it kind of is. You know, it's like Herbalife. But like, it's not a scam, but it kind of is. You know? Well, the reason those are not illegal is because they have lobbying groups. Like, I'm very oh. anti MLM. I don't Me know if too. that's offensive to you. No, oh, it ruined okay, my life. Uh, my, my mom, my mom, I basically the whole farm on Mary Kate Cosmetics, you know, and, and they try to pressure to buy the things every quarter to get some. They're Cadillac making money off get. the sellers. Mm-hmm. not the buyers absolutely yeah so i actually i tell people this all the time there's, there's only two ways that you can stop being my friend and and that is uh putting your foot in my what, car pitch and, and mlm like i have i have racist friends i don't talk to them but they exist <laughs> you know what i mean but like someone tries to say hey brother i have this cool opportunity i go oh, i'm sorry I can't. it's not an opportunity they make more money off the selling people to join the thing than they do off selling the products um, I've watched every anti MLM movie. Think I say my blessing is that I did it when I was 18, not mm-hmm. when I was like a mom that doesn't have any money who's like living it, who's being sold a dream. Thank goodness, because I feel like that's way more brutal than like what I went through at 18. I spent like maybe 200, 300 bucks and then what I learned you, my lesson. What was yours? What was yours? Oh, we can't talk about it. You're giving me a Tina face. It was, was, it was adventurous. It was an adventurous line. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> okay. I, it was I asked, adventurous. I asked was, because my mom's friend's kid was 18. She got into like Athena, which is like MLM for sex toys. And I was like, what are you doing? You're 18. I mean... <laughs> 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 We're moving on. Um, they don't our... exist anymore. They've rechanged. They don't exist as an MLM anymore. So, But it was a cool company. It was cool. They had some nice. I will say the products were nice. Yeah. And I still have access to what I bought. So I'm like, Fair enough. for $200 is a great lesson learned. So, 
It could be worse. It could but be, it was um, good. I got it out of my system. I will say, I, for I'll add, I'll, I'll, I won't say exactly what it was, but I will say, like, I went to Indiana University partially because I thought it was so cool that they have the Kinsey Institute, which is, like, the center for sex research. So I thought that was a very cool thing, and they have a really good... I like Debbie Herbenick. Uh, is she a doctor? Do- Dr. Debbie Herbenick? I don't know. I'm assuming she's a doctor. She's was one of my teachers and she's like very PR all over the, like, she's like the person people call and they're like, we need a sex like researcher on our show. And she's like the person and she brings out like vulva pillows. And it was like, so cool that like, you know, we're still in touch and like, she's super freaking cool. So anyway, yeah. um, but it was cool that like we had access to people like that at Indiana university. So I- I, I never thought Volvo pillows existed, but I guess I, I'm a fool it's, to think they didn't. <laughs> it's great because you can see the different parts and you can talk about what you're talking about on the show. She was on the Tyra show a bunch too, like talking with her Volvo pillow. Like that was a whole gag. Like, I think it went viral, like whenever the, the show was on 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. So anyway, it's well, very cool. Sex education is amazing and necessary. So give it to the kids. Uh, Absolutely. You can give her pillows. Uh, so I, I pillows. Some, there's <laughs> charms, there's dresses, like there's a whole movement i i got some quick questions for you here yes um, because i was kind of curious so we're we're among friends um i'm here for it i'm more open with you than like any anything i've ever done that's like fantastic that's you're awesome. so cozy I, I appreciate that that means a lot to me you know, if anyone know- is listening and you're lucky for him to say yes to having you on your show oh my gosh you like <laughs> It's it's an honor and it's a pleasure. Check this out. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so at, at my age, I, I I am fueled by caffeine. Uh, what is your best way to intake caffeine if you partake in caffeine? Ooh, I love that matcha. Matcha is like my first or my second job was at Jamba Juice and like we had matcha there and I didn't know what it was and I'm like and every person if you ever like see any of the bits and like SNL making fun of Jamba Juice employees it's because of matcha like getting them off the walls and I was yeah. so meant for that job. <laughs> so yeah. it's great mornings afternoons evenings like when do you mornings but I'm on a medication right now that's doing similar things to me so when I'm not on that medication <laughs> matcha yeah. is great so I can't I will tell you I'm very caffeine sensitive I will not sleep if I have it like too late in the day like 100%. Oh. It's really sad. I can't do coffee anymore. Oh, no. So. I, I told you coffee at 10 o'clock at night. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm totally that guy. <laughs> I can't I can't do it. I used to drink Diet Coke when I was a kid. I was like 10 years old. I would drink Diet Coke before going to bed. And for some reason, yeah. I would sleep. I don't know why that was okay for a 10-year-old to have Diet Coke. But I can't do that anymore. So, right. heartbreaker. Well, and it makes... You know what else? It kills me. It kills me because I can't have as much bubble tea as I'd like. I love bubble tea. But I can't... I can only have, like, the basic like brown sugar boba, which is delicious, but doesn't have any tea in it because it's, there's no, like there's very little non-caffeinated boba. So. The, the, the disdain in your face, all I can have is the basic, oh, I don't know how. It's good, it's good. It just, it's hard, it sucks. <laughs> I can't have what, like the way I want it. Like right. the regular one, I just like chug it. It's like so easy to drink, but when you have tea, it's like you sip on it. Like it's a nuzzle. I can't, so I can't I do like it. that about I can't tea. do it. I can't do it. The what? tapioca. Boba? The, the, also, there's the, bad boba, so hopefully you didn't have bad boba. Probably. You just haven't found the right boba. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Everyone says that. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. <laughs> no, I no, it's, to, you gotta you like what you like. I, I used to live in the South, and I hate grits, and everyone would be like, oh, you're just having Ooh. the wrong grits. I'm like, if there's a billion ways to make it, then it's not the food. It, that's just the <laughs> I think that puts things together. You're uh, right. You're right. Everybody's got to like, you know, you like what you like. You don't what you don't. It's totally okay. You do not have to drink boba or have grits. What what is your favorite junk food? Do you have a junk food fave? A chocolate is great. Um, there was a tragedy this week where I may have made a bag tragedy. of. This is this is my drug. This is literally like. Do you know you don't you won't even know what this is. Know, this seems... is a bag in which I made puppy chow. Oh. Have you had puppy chow? No. Some people call it muddy buddies, but I think that's wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds wrong too. This is a this is a bit. This is this is crazy. So this is you've never heard of puppy chow before? No. It's imagine like a drug. Like I don't know what crack is like. I don't know a lot about like crack. What is crack? It's a can I say like it's a crack of like sugar, like sugar crack? I don't know if that's appropriate. It's <sighs> peanut butter, chocolate, powdered sugar, um, butter, and uh, like a rice or like a rice checks. Okay. magically morph together into like the most delicious thing you've never had it is addicting and is delicious and is it is weird it's like a chocolate covered checks oh okay gotcha i was like how do you eat it? it's amazing how do you what i was like i was gonna ask you how do you eat it so it's a cluster basically a cluster thing you don't eat it like cereal you just 
Okay. I wonder if there's like a piece in here that I could show you. This is the this is the this is the the what's left of this. This is bonus content it for the just, Patreon subscribers. Bonus <laughs> Patreon subscribers. Here you go. This is, want, one piece. This, this is this is a small piece. I don't have a full one because I ate all the full oh, ones. But it okay, like, yeah, I see it. It's like a yeah. whole. It's like a powdered drug. It be, so the reason I call it a drug. So when I went, I student taught in Australia in 2013, oh, and I wanted to do something awesome. nice for my host families. What? That's awesome. Congrats. Yeah. So I was like, why don't I make something that I know about? Because I learned about this because I used to run bake sales in high school. And somebody was like, this is the only thing that sells. And I would buy it. I was like, this is so good. Let me sell it. And everybody will always buy it. So bake sale success rate was this stuff. So I was like, why don't I make puppy chow for the families in Australia? Unfortunately, they didn't have, they don't have Czech cereal there, which I looked everywhere. They didn't have it. And so I found like, I just used like Rice Krispies type cereal, which was okay. And so I made it for them. And these families, parents, the kids, the neighbors would just like, like, I remember there was a picture I have in my phone. I had like a little tray this big from like my lunch that I didn't eat and I like left it out for like the neighbor kids the mom and then like the kids from my host family they were all like like hyenas in this little tiny jar just and I, I wish I was joking so every family got a bag for me before I left and it was delicious that is kind of cool actually to be able to impact a community that way with the power of food you know I'm pretty right yeah they should have obesity just like we do okay <laughs> so usa they should have what we had as children okay i don't know yeah. about you i had a lot of mcdonald's as like is a i'm still curvy i got like 220 pounds on me i don't even more i don't know i got some curve yeah i eat respect. some things but oh, i go yeah, to the respect. gym twice a week and i feel fine about it so whatever it's we all gotta about do what's right for us what, what, what yeah, just your, balance uh... the puppy chow on one hand and the chocolate <laughs> on the other you know what did i have i had pizza today like where's my other bag of chocolate that was here cookie whatever chocolate give it to me what was uh your australian experience like uh if you guys have listened to me long term in the show i'm obsessed with the, with the country continent and island i've been trying to go there my entire life haven't made it yet what was your experience like wait where oh in australia, australia? <sighs> well did you say you liked harry potter because i have like a harry potter bit for this i'm kind of a <laughs> casual fan go ravenclaw okay Okay, so you you definitely okay. You're I know those people are probably more extreme. I did I was the cookie supplier, the cookie eater for my Quidditch club at IU because I was not a player, but I was like helpful. I was like on the periphery, which I thought was Quidditch is like a real sport. Anyway, so well, Australia, I'm the team, yeah. See, so you know, like they have houses in Harry Potter, like that's like a British thing. Apparently, that's how like a lot of schools operate. So like. Mm -hmm. It happened in Australia. So every kid, there was like four colors and they were broken up into houses and there was like competitions and like you get points. So like whatever group you're with, you stayed for all of your elementary school, you stayed in that group. And then if you're you got like these points and then like, it was like a positive reinforcement thing, but it's like, oh, the green team won this year. So like, that was so real. The other thing, like a lot of my stuff revolves around schooling. The other thing that was cool is that those kids had breaks AF, like tons of like, well, at least at the school I was, which was like a nice, I think like a nice suburban chill, whatever school. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think it was like, good medium income vibe. So I'm sure they also had a lot of privilege or whatever, but like they had, um, it was like two hour, two chunks and then a break, two chunks and then another break. And then they go home. So it was like a 30 minute break. And then it was two classes in an hour break, which 10 minutes they had to eat in their classroom and then they could go run around outside. And I was like, fantastic. And then the teacher's lounge, which is every teacher in America was like, this is not a thing in the United States had a fudge ton of beer, just like in it at all times. Like I was like, beer. yeah, like real beer. Like people in Melbourne, like drink. Like I, it's like <laughs> they're not there to get trashed like Americans, but like they drink. Like I would accidentally get drunk with my host family. Like they'd be like, here, would you like a little bit of brandy for dinner? Would you like a little beer for dinner? I would be intoxicated on a school night when I had to teach the next day. It was like so confusing. I love and it. the best part, what? <laughs> I love it. You sold Australia even more. <laughs> Oh yeah. The best part. So I, my last day at the school to student teacher, they brought me up on stage every like week and a half, they would have like a big grandiose meeting. And they were like, we had this student from America come teach here. We want to thank her. They gave me like a box of like all this Australian stuff, Vegemite, which is actually delicious once you get used to it. Milo, all this good stuff. My favorite gift they gave me that day two school logo, elementary school logo embroidered champagne glasses. Dang for the kids apparently for the kids but they gave it to me as a gift like here you go go back to america like whenever you get drunk like think of us elementary school children wow and i'm like this is the best gift i've gotten my entire life like this is yeah. hilarious Would so you that's i i love melbourne melbourne is such a great city i if i my first thing if i had to leave america uh, I would go to either uh, I would go to Amsterdam probably first, and then next I would go to Melbourne because it's such a lovely city, and it's community based. They're like very sporty, like just 
cute downtown, good art stuff. The public transit was brilliant. I just loved it. Yeah. Um, I can talk about it all day. I like it's great. Sushi was affordable, and like if you get sushi, they have like delis. They look like delis for sushi, where it's like, oh, there's a roll. Okay, that's two dollars for that roll. Two three dollars for that roll, and you can make your little box. You get sushi yeah. for lunch for eight bucks, which you could not do, I think, anywhere, no. unless you go to like like grocery store. You yeah. get like a ton of sushi for eight bucks. So. That's what I'm talking about. Whew. Yeah, Boba, man. everything. Anyway. One of these days, great. I'll make it out there. I, I swear. It's a schlep. <laughs> it's a schlep. And then there's like little penguins. There's the Great Ocean Road. There's like a lot of cute stuff. Backpacking around the coast. Like, if you could, it's one of those things you have to think about to make happen, but I'm so glad I did. Um, oh, they've got a hidden yeah. paradise down there. Yeah. <laughs> hidden paradise. Uh, well, yeah. as, as you are being that globe trotting person you are, you've done so many things. You're a social media Sherpa. I am so enamored. Question I asked my listeners to listen to your last episode that I wanted you to answer oh. this time. Oh, they asked questions? Okay. Oh, shoot. I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> uh, number, number one, would you keep your business a sole prop or do you have plans of expanding staff? Look, there's always a dream to like make this business bigger. Is it, do I make a bajillion dollars a year? Yes, I do. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. No. I don't make a bajillion dollars a year. Yeah. Am I paying my bills? Great. Am I, li- I live modestly anyway. So, whatever like i am happy that i'm doing the thing that i love do i wish it was bigger sure but like am i happy where i'm at sure um am i happy that it's grown every year just even a smidge like it's grown i'm like yeah i don't know what's possible and i'm very much a person that values my flexibility and doing what i want when i want and trying to work when i how i like to work Mm -hmm. um granted i'll tell you this like administrative tasks give me a lot of stress and like i'm not exactly sure how to outsource and in what way i do have a va for like actually podcast stuff i have a va helping me with some stuff but like it's hard. Um, and it's like a lot of what ends up happening in this industry is that people have to go out and like, they have to like go and advertise and sell. And, and it's like a whole, it's a whole thing. Like it's a big, it's like a cross between sales and coach. Like I have to go out and do the thing. And yeah. it's, it's really interesting. Could I do more if I had a team? Sure. Do I know exactly what I would need to invest in right now? No, but I'm curious to see where it goes and in what ways I get to coach people that might be different than what I imagined. Um, all I know is that I want to do more of the thing that I love and it's working one-on-one with people to help them. Like, first off, like, I think people just need a little bit of like realizing how special and how cool they are. I like love, that's like one of my superpowers extracting it, Yeah. but like also people to find a way to like, you know, share who they are that feels authentic to them. I've heard client after client say the word, Oh, I want it to be authentic. And I'm like, yes, like I don't ever, I'm never projecting like you have to do it this way and you have to post, you know, a podcast every week and it has to be this way. And it isn't like, that's not me, but I feel like so many people sell that. And I'm like, no, like, do you know your people? And I love that one-on-oneness. So I'm talking to people to see how I can do more about the one-on-one, whether it's through my private clients through a group of clients or whatever. And I'm excited to see what's next. So if it's meant to be, I'm all here for it. Um, hopefully like whatever it is, like I will be able to take it and do good with it. So <laughs> uh, I can't say no. More. I got two more for you. Uh, okay. Charlie, you're the bee's knees. Oh, what do you do? Who are these when... people? I want to love them. Yes. What do I do when? Person, whoever you are, hello. What, what, what do you do when it's been a while since you booked a client? Oh, what do I do? Like, like, I think I if any like, person how knows, mention? how do you do? I think you're supposed to like, what is the rule? Like, like you're supposed to have like people in your pipeline at all times. Like that you're building up. Like there's plenty of people that I talked to last year that could be clients this year. Um, like there's clients that I have that are bigger clients and there's some that are smaller clients. And like, you know what, there's a different mix all the time, but I will say like just being like modest with what I don't, I'm not like a big, like I haven't let lifestyle creep happen. I'm very good about like, I only spend on what I need. So I think like the thing that is great, like when you feel pressure, I think with sales, which I've had that at various points in my career of like, I have to sell something. Cause like, I need to pay the bills. Like it, it makes selling, like it just, it makes you come off differently than like, if you feel like you're okay where you are. So like, I always have like a runway. I always try to like, my goal was always to have a runway. I did have a point in my time where I did not have a runway and it scared the junk out of me and it made me super anxious. There was a full year, this is many, many years ago that I was not getting paid for a single thing regarding social media yet. I knew exactly what I was talking about and it was, it was heartbreaking and it sucked so bad. And I had other, other things that were paying the bills that year. Thank goodness. But you have to like, it's like, you have to be ready. And like, for me, like I've been doing my social media on LinkedIn for more than three years now, consistently, like consistently have been posting for the most part. So people know what's up. Like I am not a stranger to the people in my network. And I think 
it's like you have it's like you have to be prepared I think that like I don't know you have to be prepared for all that stuff and there are times where I like I'll have more coaching clients or less coaching clients or I'll have somebody that's stuck around for like more than a year for like some of the coaches because I really want my clients to blossom and, and run with it like I want them to be empowered so yeah. it's hard um but I have a CRM now and it's like as much as I like it's like a whole annoying beast um, helps me keep track of relationships because somebody might not be ready today, but they might be ready a year from now. And I've had that happen before. So and there's also yeah. people that like, I've always putting out like good information. So like if someone does find me, like I was at a networking event today. People are like, Oh my gosh, I need to talk to you. I'm like, well, you can look up, look me up all over the internet. There's no shortage of information that I've put out to help people with or without working with me. So I guess it's like, be prepared as you can be, but that's why I always have like, like other, like, like, it's funny, like, you've, I'm going to just keep going on this. I know I'm, like, saying a lot of things. I will say, like, I've had a lot of different side things that, like, have come up conveniently, like, when I've needed mm-hmm. them. Like, I worked events. And I, I miss being in person. Like, I miss, like, that Jamba Juice type of job where it's, like, I just welcome people and I get to greet them and I get to say, hey, come on in. And that's, like, so fun for me. Um, even, like, sometimes I would volunteer to do that at places because I love it so much. And so there was a whole industry with events that I would work and there was a few months where it like worked out really well and it saved my butt a few times. And so the events world is coming back and I have like a whole week booked where I get to go help people as they're coming to Chicago for a very, very big event. And it's a lot of fun. And I, I love that I get to do that. Is it my normal everyday thing? No, but is it like a fun way to go out and see people again? A hundred percent. So having like other options, I think is always good. Like I know, I know as a business and I haven't had to go to this route, but if I ever get in real trouble, I have a teacher's degree. Like I can go and be a teacher. Do I want to be a teacher? Probably not. Do I mind subbing? Subbing is fun. Like I have that in my pocket just in case shit happens. So like, I hope people have stuff like that just in case, you know? Yeah. Thank goodness. I'm okay. (laughs) Something is can be, I don't know what it is now during COVID, but like, I loved, I loved being the favorite sub. They were always like, Oh, you're young. We can manipulate you. I'm like, no, you can't, but we're going to have a lot of fun. Cause I'm not like some annoying person. That's like 180 years old. Like whatever. No that's offense if you're 180 and you're yeah, like, yeah, but, oh, 180 year old fans gonna be upset. <laughs> but it's fun. I miss honestly, I miss I don't get to see kids anymore. Like that's kind of like the biggest heartbreaker of COVID is that I used to see a lot of kids and now I don't see kids anymore. Like I mean I virtual tutoring a little smidge. I don't do it. It's very selective, but like it's nice to have that. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, have well, insurance policies. It can't hurt. <laughs> can't hurt at all. Uh last question from from uh our users users? Plans, audience, I don't know. You have, uh, yes. At, at end users, okay. Um, any crazy, oh, great. Uh, any crazy client from hell stories you want to share? <sighs> Thank goodness, no. I will say, I have like a little bit of a sad moment with like a recent client and thank goodness they're professional about it. But like, you know, I always do my best to make sure I'm not ta- like, I'm never the person that's like, you're going to make a million dollars signing up work with me. Like, that's not me. There's plenty of people who do that. And it's like BS and it's garbage. And they're just like money grubs. And it's just, I don't like that. I'm very honest when people are coming to me like, I want to get, you know, how do I get this demographic to show up on my, you know, account? And I'm like, that's never been my thing. If you want to get an ad specialist, I can try to target people for you. Like call them. Like I always explain very, very clearly, like, this is what I can do. And this is what I can't do. So that like, people are buying into the right thing and there's, there's no surprises. And I was very upfront with a person that I was working with and like, granted the time schedule when we're working together, like they booked me a long time ago with like different prices than I sell now. So like they got a good value and I told them, yeah, you know what? Let's push it three months. Like until you figure out your thing, like it's okay. And in the end they're like, you didn't do this thing. And I'm like, I told you that wasn't what I was going to do. And they're like, well, we're just going to stop working with you. And they still paid up like a bunch of hours or like, but not hours. I don't sell by the hours, but they still had like a lot of stuff that I wanted to do with them. But for someone to like, and then very professionally handled, like, it just was a very weird situation of like, I was being judged for what I told, like what I told them I wasn't able to do. And it's like, it's like, I always try to make sure that the expectations are clear because I'm never, I'm never here to sell anybody a dream. If you know, your people are valuable to you and you know, they're your next customer, your next client. Like I, like, I want it to be crystal clear to them that they need to send people your way. And this group had that opportunity and potential, but they were looking for BS social media tricks in the end. I'm like, that's not what I do. You, that's not going to help you. That's not going to solve your problem. Um, you know, getting donors for a charity takes time and relationships, energy, same for any business too. True. And it's like, I, t- I tell people, I'm not here for those magical tricks. Like that's not me. Like, I don't want you to pay a penny to me if that's what you think is going to happen. Cause that's not how it works. And I'm very honest and where I'm honest, people aren't. And I, and it just, it's a little, but it, like, thank goodness it was a very calm situation, but it breaks my heart a little bit because it's like, I want this organization to succeed. I want them to get what they need. But I also know that like, 
the amount of what they needed, I wasn't able to give to them because they've said, you know, we don't want to, they've paid me already, but it's like, it's, it's hard. So anyway, this is very vulnerable. It's all very fresh. And I was just like, again, it's not like this is my biggest client ever, but it's like, it's said, but at the same time for every one of those, there's other people that like, you know what, I want them to keep going and I want them to go and blossom their wings. And that's exactly what happens. Like, you know, I am a stepping stone for a lot of people when it comes to them, their marketing. And I'm thrilled to be that. So, um, and if they need a cheerleader after the fact, like I'm there too. So <laughs> it, it I don't is think that's difficult. hell. I've had good people. What? <laughs> it, it, no, it's difficult because like when you are a sole prop, like it's hard to separate your your personality from the business. And so someone goes, I mean, oh, it my is. Like, but I'm still a good person, aren't I? <laughs> it is. And I've had other BS and like other stuff over the years, you know, but I've learned to grow with thick skin. Like I had a client that like, this is like four or five years ago. It was like one of my first contracts ever. And it was more doing social media-ish managing an app and like he was very passive aggressive with me and i told him like please stop that and he stopped for a minute and then he did it again and i was like i'm not gonna take this anymore it took me a lot of years to have enough balls to be like you treat me better like this is not how you treat a person you Mm -hmm. know um or like yeah so anyway there's like a lot of stories like that too but you know i and i'm glad like i'm glad like that situation could have been handled so differently and i'm glad that it was very professional you know and i think i think that also like when you put out a premium service like people like and you say this is how you want to be treated people will treat you better so i hope that's i don't know if that's been true for you i'm sure in the events world you've had a lot of nightmares but yeah um, yeah ever so often but uh you know it it is kind of a thing where you have that balance of no i am the brand and so i would love to like you know get into the ring and yell at you and punch you in the guts but i won't (laughs) you know that's heartbreaking right like it's eh. yeah and at the same time too like i feel like sometimes i'm a little harsh sometimes with like like i was a little upset like my lab my new laptop i just got a laptop replacement because the last one didn't work has the same issues as the original one and i'm like like come on like costco has amazing customer service and i'm blown away by it but i'm also like this is not okay like why is the second one having the same problems like you yeah. think before you give this to a customer if you're seeing this problem that you'd fix it so like like I want to be mad, but it's also like no. Like people are working hard behind the scenes to try to make stuff happen, and I don't want to ever be a Karen. <laughs> so yeah, exactly, exactly. No one wants look, to be Karen. Anyway, <laughs> well, I can talk about this all day. This I love it. Good subjects. Thank you. No, I mean, Deep don't thank me. Those those are not my questions. Okay, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, so- <laughs> it, but it's a community that you've cultivated, right? You've brought good people together, and they love it's what true. you do. And yeah. it's so cool. I didn't even know they had questions. Like that's so cool. Like yeah. I I so appreciate them. You so. say social media sharp, but people show up. Um, but uh, really, <laughs> I'm like a Sherpa. What they look like, you know? It's kind of a what's over there. But before, mountain before, guide Shiley, what's up? <laughs> before we roll out of here, uh, I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit. Do you have Do any qu- questions for this guy? I'm pointing at myself, y'all. Ooh, how do you manage it all? I that's oof. Well, it's a lot of things. Yeah. You probably I, spent a lot of time putting these things together. The fact that you even like y'all, he has, he knows the start date or like the air date of the show before we've even done the show. So, yeah. Calendars. <laughs> I, but it's organization is a struggle for me, which is why I know I need help. I just don't know which kind of help I need. So it's it, impressive that you can put this much output. It, it's funny because I, I don't think I'm necessarily organized, but I realized, especially with the virtual world that people engage with personalities and so when you come on the show and if you're nervous but i tell you hey look you can talk about whatever you want before we go live and here's the date you're going to air and i'll tag you is way better than being like sorry can't make the show i'm not going to tell you (laughs) and just ghost you or whatever so like organization came to fuel that to make sure if you're going to tell me your story that it's in good hands and not going to be like oh snap you were raised by wolves (laughs) tell me more (laughs) that's beautiful that's beautiful. Hey. That's yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I love it. What's yeah. What's your, te- what's your mini, t- I mean, you don't have a mini Ted talk. You've already told me earlier, like that's a lot of pressure, but if you did, like, what is there something you want to say to like the future use of the world or anybody? I, I, w- I want to get some X's bro. That's what I, <laughs> that's what I want. Well, Look, no, X's I, are cool. I, I feel like my, my entire thing, when I wrote my book, right. A graduation day available now on Amazon. Um, and it was a, an actual commencement speech. It was kind of like that, you know, like when you, wow. especially when you are an immigrant, son of immigrants, or I've heard about the same thing with women, or I heard about people who are disabled. Uh, there's that thing of go out there, get a, get a job, get a job, get a good job. But, but the world is not quite built like that. And I've learned that throughout my misadventures about how you can make your path your own way. So something along those lines. I think that's great. I think, I think I need that reminder too. 
I think I need that. I think a lot of people need that reminder. Yeah. It's, I think we touched on this last episode. It's scary to try to do that because, like, what if it doesn't work? Or what if you don't get pay the bills? Or, like, what if something happens? Which is why, again, ho- like, side ha- hustles, backup plans are always great. But, like, it's real. I think my my hero is also very – the TED Talk that changed my life was very much on, like, chart your own path. So yeah. it's a very – it's a good subject line to remind people of. So what – who's going to interview you? Do you have somebody interviewing you to pull out your – who do you – where do you – I want you more of your story, too. I love – we get a lot of good back and forth, like <laughs> – it's Ooh, funny because everyone ever says that. Like, Yo, you know, you're, so, you're like, a, like a mile of mystery. But I'm like, I feel like I talk so much no, no. week to week that I, I feel like I tell everyone everything at, at once. That's true. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know. Maybe I should probably like book you. I'll, I'll definitely pay you to ask me. Grill me, Shyla. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's interesting, right? Like, you know, you air that and more people can see it. But you're a very cool person. And I love that. But yeah, don't be scared of like doing something like this. The talk I did last December, or September, which was supposed to be right when COVID started, was something I actually um, was able to pay to get into through this hero that changed my life at 10X, which honestly was a very nominal fee for a very big stage and nice production. And I was able to record it. So like, I think there's a lot more time and energy spent to try to get into one of these shows when you could potentially pay to sponsor an event for a lot less money. Well, you don't have to pay for a flight. You don't have to like, you know, pay for like videographers or like fashion or coaches, whatever. Like you can pay for a coach too. Actually, it's not a bad thing, but like, you know, you can you can make your own. I mean, there's ways for you to get on a stage and say your story that like you could leverage elsewhere. Getting that video, what you do with it, sometimes is more important than what a TEDx can potentially do with it. So I don't know. That was an option that I decided to take, um, and it was life changing. So it was a program, and it was friends, and it was social, and it was innovate. It was very cool. Anyway, this is Cy Hillman. I'm obsessed with her. Stalk her. She's my like my hero. Um, awesome. But um, Mac and Cheese Productions. But yeah, don't be scared to like do that. There's like, granted, stages are weird now with COVID, but there's places yeah. for it. Like, um, there is like, I'll give you this. Um, I do events called 1 million cups, which is like, you pitch your business to like entrepreneurs and they give you feedback and they give you ideas. The first time I did one of those was just over a year ago. And my pitch like then was okay, but like it got so much better after doing 30 of these events. And now it's like, if I ever was like wanting to give like a talk about what's your business, I'm like, I have the, the thing down. So there's places you can do free talks like that and get the video and do what you want with it. There is creative morning. Oh, creative mornings. You'd be a cool creative morning speaker. Do you know about them? No, I don't. So imagine like a one-off TED talk, but like once a month in like random cities all over the world. Oh, cool. Um, you would you would have a great talk, and you're creative, right? Would you? I mean, would you identify as a creative? <laughs> no, yeah, I do. I creative ish. <laughs> yeah. I was like creative. Like, there's a lot of adjacent people, but like, I did one of those virtually. We had them in person, and like in Chicago, we're very well funded. We've been like a chapter for a long time. We have like a thousand dollars of like to spend on food every month, and you get like someone really really cool to give a talk on stage for like twenty minutes, get Q and A, and there's a video you can make. It's uh, you usually volunteer to be a speaker there. But like that's a great way for you to put your story out there in front of people who want to be inspired, um, both virtually and in person. So there's for sure a bunch of chapters in New York. You probably do it virtually. I think for sure there's got to be an L.A. chapter um, locally. I would look them up because that would be a great spot for you to do your TED Talk without having to do the whole hula of a TED Talk. <laughs> Honestly, right. that's what I'm going to tell you. Like, look it up and see if you can just like sign up to be see it. And it's I volunteered with them for like years. So in Chicago. And I've gone to chapters around the world, which is fun. So there's, don't feel like you have to do, there's only one way to do it. Right, Um, right. That is so much fun. I want you to do it. Can, is that a, is that a to do? Just like float in your mind. If you want to do it, do it. Oh, okay. I'll do it. I'll show you. Two girls or one stone. (laughs) You don't have to do it like this. I'm just saying like float in your mind. Like, oh, let me go look up these places and see what's possible. I believe in you. Also fans, let him know that you believe in him to go do the thing. Uh, now I can't okay. cut it out. <laughs> no, now no. it's you don't have now to do it. It's, it's your life. Yeah. I don't know if that was relevant to where you are and what you're trying to figure out right now, but I hope yeah. I hope you play around with it. So I will. I actually wrote it down after this. I'll check it out. But yeah, actually, creative mornings. One MC is way more low key. One million cups, but there's more like that because I used to love these. Yeah, there's one called Fuck Up Nights, which I've never been to, but it sounds really cool. Where you tell your stories of failure. Also very cool. <laughs> That'd be funny, um, another too. one. For you and your audience, Ignite Talks, like different cities have different chapters and they're very much like mini TED Talks. So again, I have all of these. I've done it. Okay, great. So I have an Ignite Talk and I have um, my Creative Mornings Talk, all on my YouTube channel too. So I've done all of them and it's fun. So highly recommend. Wow. What don't you do? Charlie, thanks again for being on the show. If someone want to connect with you and book you to speak at some things. <laughs> Y'all, schools and sororities love to talk LinkedIn if you're listening. But um, <laughs> um, but yes, I would love to connect with them. I am all over the internet. 
um, your social media sherpa.com for business inquiries, but I do have shilehakimian.com or shai.ly, my six letter domain. Also goes to my personal website. It's TMI, but it's a lot of fun adventures that I've done over the years. So it's got my personal goodness. But maybe one day I'll merge the two back. We'll see. TBD. <laughs> Before you go, just want to say my book, Graduation Day, Life Lessons from the Real World, is now available on Amazon. You know, the concept of the book comes from when I graduated college and I wasn't impressed about my commencement speaker and what he had to say. And I said, I had some life experiences. Let me go back in time to a proverbial time machine and tell younger me things I learned as an adult. I share stories about the time where I almost died riding a motorcycle or the time where I had no money but decided to do a wedding in Italy, DJ a wedding in Italy to save my business and much, much more. Graduation Day, Life Lessons from the Real World is available on Amazon. Just look for me at Flubbo Voice. Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours. <laughs>